0: hello hello it's rob christie host of god drugs laughs it's a podcast where we talk about the good the bad the ugly of life all through storytelling and we laugh a lot in the process so thanks for joining us continue to share the podcast with others We're getting the word out there and we're seeing more and more numbers as we continue to reach other people, which is really cool because this podcast is out there to help others uh, to know that they're not alone in their struggles, to laugh a lot, to uplift you, and to have a lot of fun in the process. One of the things I wanted to do this year in in season two was to begin interviewing people, uh, friends of mine in other cities. And so I wanted to find a good platform to be able to record it really well. So I I never want the audio to be a distraction. So I believe I found that platform. Unfortunately, a mistake on my end caused me to not record this podcast on that platform. But thankfully, our guest Zeb was recording on his end. And so the audio won't be as clear and crisp as it usually is. But we are working on getting that to the point where... Hopefully you won't even notice it as I'm using a new platform that I'll talk with you about more and more. So bear with me through this one. Um, Zeb recorded it, has awesome mic on his end. My mic doesn't sound so hot, but I don't think it's very distracting. So hopefully you'll be able to keep engaged and enjoy this one. I had some great conversation with Zeb. It's going to be a two-parter. So without further ado, let's get into part one.
1: And now, let's get to know our guest.
0: Welcome back to God Drugs Laughs. I'm your host, Rob Christie. Hope you're doing well. Not in the studio, in his own studio, Dr. Zeb Cook. What's up? What up, Zeb? How are you, man? Living the dream, bro. Living the dream. Listen, um, Zeb was... The coolest person in college, I not will true. say that.
1: That's not true, man. That's not true. I, I appreciate that, but that's not true.
0: Yeah, I was intimidated by his presence. <laughs> I wanted to be his friend, yet nervous to be around him.
1: No. Nah. And
0: I think you left pretty soon after I came in.
1: Yeah, when did you when did you come in? What year? Do you remember?
0: I think it was two thousand three.
1: Okay. Yeah. I graduated in 06, but I did live in Dothan, Alabama, which oh, okay. yeah, I lived there for the gosh. Yeah. Probably a little over a year before I graduated. So we, we saw each other, we knew each other, but, um, we didn't hang as much as I hoped we would, yeah. be, but that was kind of true with everything.
0: And this is why I think Zeb is the coolest, because one of his ex-girlfriends, I don't know if you know this, I asked her out and she turned me down. I did not know uh, that. That's yeah. Awesome. So now, you know, it was, it was a hard day.
1: Hey, you want to hear something oh, funny? Yeah. So, so Jesse Crowley, I don't know if you remember Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> um, is in Miami. Well, she, she and her husband are doing an awesome ministry work there in, in Miami. And uh-huh. Jesse couldn't remember the correlation between her and I, like he just knew <laughs> there was some kind of correlation. So he goes up to her in front of her husband and he's like, Hey, yeah, d- don't you know Zeb? She, <laughs> <laughs> bro, he's like, her husband looked at me so funny. And she's like, yeah, I used to date him. You know, and he's Whoa, like,
0: that's funny. Oh, my, my, fa- my fault. This is really awkward. So anyway, I thought it was great. I bet he felt bad about that. That's funny. But anyways, glad to have you on, man. You have been a great encouragement to me, just kind of back and forth. You know, we put out a podcast. You respond to it. You laugh at me. You call me Droop Dog. Droop. Used to be my my nickname back in the day. Let's go. So I I appreciate you.
1: Likewise, man. Likewise. All right.
0: Now, Zeb, we got to get to know you, okay? Let's do it. Now, you're one I think is going to be on the show a lot. But we gotta get to know you first, all right so where did you where were you born Where did you grow up? Give us a little snapshot of your childhood,
1: yeah, bro, so I'm from North Florida originally I'm a Florida flow grown baby flow grown um from a small town called Newberry, Florida, which is just west of Gainesville so I was born in Gainesville but uh but man born and raised in um I'm born and raised in raised in Newbury, uh, family for generations. Been in Newberry. I uh, went to Newberry High School. Also went to Bell High School. If you have any idea where that is, Um Did
0: you get kicked out
1: of the other one. Uh, there, a little something close to that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and anyway, yeah, just a small rural town, man. That's where I'm from. Nice,
0: brother. Yeah, man. Enjoyable childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That my home? my yeah. Pe- my
1: people love me, man. Um, we you know according to american standards we didn't have a lot um yeah. my my dad was a little rough around the edges growing up um my mom probably had every reason to leave him but her mama was married six times her mm-hmm. her her dad her biological dad which she didn't know very well he was married six times her great her her grandma my great grandma was married six times and so she had determined to like change that and she stayed, right. she stayed with him uh, even through all the rough stuff. And so he was pretty much that way throughout all of my childhood through middle school. And then when I was sixteen, uh, my dad became a, a follower of Jesus and uh things really did change for him. I graduated high school at seventeen, so I really only got to see about a year of that in the household. Yeah. But it really did change him, man. His language changed the way he treated my mom, the way he treated us. They were always loving, but I had zero boundaries, man. Um mm-hmm. I, I grew up just surrounded by some things that I, I don't believe now as a dad of three kids that like kids should be exposed to that early sure. yeah, really ever, but they shouldn't really know about some of the things that I was exposed to that early. Um, yeah. so yeah, there, there was some of that growing up, but like I said, my people love me. They were, they were, uh, I believe doing the best that they could, but, um, I found myself in a lot of trouble. Um, a lot of it was self-inflicted and then a lot of it was circumstantial just because of, because of how we grew up. But but yeah, I hope that answers.
0: Yeah. What was your gang name? Were you in a gang? I mean, listen, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> my name is Zeb, so it's weird enough. And here's, here's kind of the funny part. When I was 15, man, I went and got a tattoo and um 15 they 15, let you get a tattoo bro this dude named fester did it no lie fester <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been wondering only why. a guy named fester and would bro, do it at 15 i've been wondering why my liver has been hurting but now i think i know why <laughs> but he um anyway i got my name on me and like the dumbest tattoo you can possibly think of is an old english script that covers my my left arm here and um it, it looks like a prison tat straight up so you know, when people see that, they're like, "Man, is that a nickname? Like, what?" what? <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, bro, nickname. Nickname. <laughs> it's my government name, but it is a nickname."
0: That's funny. You never thought about tattooing over
1: it. I did. I've thought about it a few times, but now it's like, you know, it's just one of them things, man. It's it's a good sure. memory. You know, it's just like, sure. it's a reminder. All of our scars and wounds and whatever, um, they paint a picture of who we are. So it's all good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. You got other tattoos? Or is nah, that man, just that one. That's
1: it. That's all I, that. That did me in.
0: I I'm like at fifteen. You're like, all right, Fester. That's it, man. I'm yeah, done. I'm, I'm, I'm straight. we good. <laughs> at least you say you got a tattoo, though. That's good.
1: Yeah, man. I'm cool. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I already said that. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. That's sure. That is true. All right. So, tell us a little bit about your family. You already said you have three kids. Yeah,
1: three kids, man. Um, two good ones, and then I got a third one, and um. <laughs> And nah, they're, they're cool, man. I've been married to my wife, Dana, for January 8th was 17 years. So we're about 17 and a half in. uh, Is she Dustin's sister?
0: Yes, bro. Oh,
1: okay. There's a whole story behind that. Um, Oh,
0: well, let's go ahead and talk
1: about it. I mean, I can give you the editing Can you share that? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. It's a a long story. I'll give you the the Cliffs Cliffs notes. Um, Basically, Dustin and I knew each other because we had worked on the same farm growing up. He's from a similar small town Uh, as a cattle farm that we worked on. And so when he came to BCF, it was natural for us to connect and room together. I was the RD of our dorm. And so um, after getting to know each other a little bit, he's like, man, pray for my sister. You know, she's far from the Lord. I didn't know her from anybody, never met her. Sure. Um, He didn't really know any details as to like what caused her to be far, but he just knew that she had had some struggles. And I'd I'd done been involved in some things in my life, so I could, I could relate, you know, to what that feels like. And, every, every person can on some level. Right. Um, sure. but uh, you know, it didn't intimidate me. I'm like, man, I, I would certainly pray for her. And so a few months goes by and he and I go home to visit and we just ride together. Cause we grew up 30, 40 minutes apart. And on that visit, I, I happened to meet her. Um, it was just God's providence because she didn't even live like where Dustin's parents were.
0: Um, oh, wow. she, yeah. She was yeah. just
1: there that day. So, uh, we, we met each other briefly. What she didn't know is I'd been praying for her, and I'd ask Dustin on the way home, back driving back to Graceville, um, back to school. I was like, "Listen, man, I'd love to share with her sometime, like how God changed my life." And uh, and he's like, "Man, I I would love for you to do that." So anyway, I give her a call and I, I share with her, and, and I tell her, "I said next time I am around, you know, w- we can connect and and I can share more with you face to face." She's real interested in the gospel story I was yeah. sharing with her. She grew up in church, but she her words were, "I'd never heard of this Jesus yeah. that that you are talking about." You know, yeah, pretty pretty interesting.
0: Yeah we're going to meet up and we might kiss as well.
1: That could right? happen. Just keep that in mind, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, so we do that fast forward. I go home, uh, you know, several weeks from then we, we connect, I share with her and she looked at me, bro. And she had like tears streaming down her face. And she said, if you knew the things that I've, I've, I've gone through, she's like, you would understand why, why this God you're talking about can't love someone like me. Wow. Yeah. And I was able to just yeah. say, man, that's, that's not true. Cause you don't know about the things I've been through. I was like, "But." You just need to know, man, he loves you right where you are. Because, listen, I, I'm not a hero in any story when we have a chance to share the gospel. I'm simply a pointer, and I'm, like, pointing you to that person that helped me. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. And so I was, like, pointing her. And uh, that's when she shared with me. She At 18, she got pregnant. She aborted, um, which led to drinking more, right, um, drug addiction. So she had alcohol addiction, drug addiction. Uh, at 19. Promiscuity is a part of that 19. She gets pregnant again. She aborts again. And she just, like, feels worthless, man. Right, and that night um, she had surrendered her her life to Jesus, moved out of her place, which was pretty toxic, and moved um, into her, her parents' home. Wow, we just, we just became really good friends after that, man. And and then, um, yeah, God had a bigger story, so now we got three kids and doing life together.
0: Nice, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah, she's not going to mind you sharing that, is she? Not
1: at all, bro. Um, the, okay. the state convention just came to our house this past Thursday and captured her story uh, oh, to share course. with all the pregnancy centers in our state. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. i love to see it too. Yeah. Dude. Tell me when it's yeah I'll shoot it your way. Yeah. Cool, man. So next question. What do you do for a living?
1: So I am the lead pastor of Apex Baptist Church in Apex, North Carolina.
0: So Apex? Come on. Is that right by Raleigh?
1: Yeah. It's like the Raleigh-Durham area.
0: Okay. I lived in Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah. About five or six years. I love that area.
1: Yeah. It's growing like crazy, man. Crazy.
0: Yeah. For sure. So you're a lead pastor. How big is this church?
1: Yeah. So we're right around two thousand people. Um, lots of bigger churches than ours around us, just because there's tons of people here. But um, but yeah, we got a lot of folks coming. It's it's been it's been neat to see.
0: He's a mega church pastor. Uh oh. <laughs> we collide. Uh-oh. We'll talk about this later. Yes, we will. <laughs> All good. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. What is something you do that other people would find weird?
1: Oh, bro. I got so much weird about me. Let me tell you just a couple of things quick. So I don't wear deodorant and oh! it's, it's not because I'm a hippie. All right. And shout out to the hippies, but it's not because I'm a hippie. Um, I just don't smell, bro. I don't smell like I don't have body odor. Really? It's weird, but it's kind of cool. It's it's a humble brag. I'm, I'm really bragging right <laughs> humble now. Humble brag. It's not so weird. I'm just telling you how cool I am by not smelling. But I, also, man, like, I don't, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, and this is like way before COVID. I I don't eat after my kids. I think it's nasty, man. You know, when your, kids, <laughs> when your kids come up to you and they're like, Dad, I finished my ice cream. I got some left over. Do you want it? I'm like, nah. It was vanilla ice cream. When you started, it's like cookies and cream.
0: Now you're trying to eat all that. That's funny. Nasty, yeah, Brighton man. spits in my hand and I eat it. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> see, I can't do that. Um, yeah. One thing about me for real is I, I, this is kind of weird, man. It's a little embarrassing. I I've read several Nicholas Sparks books. He's you, know, oh. you know, the movies like the notebook, oh, yeah. Yeah. dear John, you know, the one I Walk to remember. Yeah. All right. So I bro, love
0: that movie back in the day
1: in that movie. All right. So Landon, he's the male character. He's falling in love with Mandy Moore, who's Jamie. <clears throat> this is what he says. At some point when he's starting to really, you know, whatever. He's got to so, memorize, oh, y'all. Oh, listen. He's
0: like, he's like <laughs> I
1: think I might kiss you. You Remember that part? And she's uh-huh. like, I might be bad at it. And then he was like, it's not possible. So anyway, check this out. So I went on this date one time. And this is post to walk to remember. And we're walking <laughs> around the lake. No joke, man.
0: It's Albert some, Lakes? No, no, no. Not be is okay, different. Different okay. place.
1: Walk around the lake, and mosquitoes eating us up. And in my mind, man, I was like, I'm facing to do, I'm facing to do the same thing I saw on walked to remember. So we, we finish up. This girl's awesome. We finish up. I, I take her to her car, and I said, I ain't gonna call her by name on here, but I was like, hey, called her by name. I said, I think I might kiss you. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it didn't work the way I thought. I thought it would be a little more special than that. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, I remember Mimic Watch that that movie
0: movie all the time, man.
1: So I say a lot of say that's weird, right? That's super weird. Who does that?
0: Yeah, I had a bunch of weird. I mean, I collect wrestling figurines, old school wrestling figurines. So Andre the Giant,
1: I see him up there, man.
0: Yeah, yes, sir. See Tupac there, too. Right there. And that's Ice Cube. Funko Pop. I used to love to <laughs> come on. That's awesome. Yeah, man. and then I, I pee sitting down. What? That's a weird. That's a weird thing I do. Yeah. Hey,
1: isn't there scripture about like men pee standing up? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. You're the pastor, man. Tell me. <laughs> i'm just a school teacher <laughs> <laughs> yeah but
1: but you're a pastor so you know that we don't know everything we don't have it all yeah. but i think there's something about men pee standing up so absolutely absolutely i mean i ain't trying to take your man card i'm just telling you
0: you know i, I think it was jesse when he was on the show we talked about it and i how old are you i just turned 41 july okay you're gonna pee sitting down pretty soon it's coming <laughs> yeah it's all, it, it's a thing that a lot of guys do when they get old.
1: <laughs> hey, dust in Peace sitting down. Yeah. It does. Yeah.
0: So, you're not alone. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's cut the crap. Do you believe in ghosts?
1: <laughs> Bro, hey, listen, no joke. I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but I got a I got a story to tell you, man. I never, oh, you got a ghost story? Yeah. I, I never told anybody this, man. I'm gonna tell you. So, all right, so quick context, my first church that, that I pastor was established in 1831. We were the second oldest existing Baptist church in the state of Florida. Jeez. So we used to have prayer meetings to try to get the first one to die out. So we could take the lead. <laughs> Come on. But uh, I said that on a radio station once I got in trouble for that. But, but so this church was so old, had a lot of history, it had a huge graveyard, like right, right there in front of the church. It was a massive graveyard. I'm talking about, I'm talking about grave plots from civil war, Indian war. We had, Everywhere. Crazy, like wooden gravestones. I'm talking about old cemetery. Well, the pastorium's is right next door to that. And we lived there. And we had some weird things happen like early on in this pastorium, man. Like we um we were unpacking our stuff and, you know, little things that you would just brush off. Like you go into a room and the light wouldn't be turned on and you know you didn't flip the light on and it would yeah. be on. Or the ceiling fan would be spinning and you would go in and it'd be off or vice versa, right? And you're like, man, that's strange because you'd had to pull the chain to get the ceiling fan to go. It wasn't just a general.
0: Shirt. General Lee, get out of here. Quit messing with my ceiling fan, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Battle volusty. Some crazy stuff <laughs> happened like close to there. So you, your mind's just spinning. But then one night, man, one night we're 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 chilling. It's like eleven something at night. You gotta understand that you can't even accidentally get to this place. It's it's rule, rule in the middle of nowhere. And so we're there, man, and you hear on the front door. I was like, bro, What time? That's I I was like, it weird. It's like eleven something. And I'm like, man, who is at our house this time of night, you know? So I'm like, I'm the pastor here. I don't really know what pastors are, what we're all supposed to do, but I do know that this could be someone in need. So let me just at least go get the door. I'll just do it cautiously. So I open the door real slow to try to see who's there. And bro, ain't nobody there. So I got this, I got this light. It's like a surefire light, and it lights up the world, man. So I'm out there like looking. I don't see a, I don't see a car. I don't see a person. I don't see a bicycle. I don't see nothing. So that was weird. But the craziest one happened in this house, this particular house, Um, sleeping, dead sleep, middle of the night, about three, four in the morning. My wife wakes up screaming. To this day, I've not heard her scream like she screamed that night. I mean, Jeez. true story. It's crazy. Like I learned that night that if something happens, I'm going to be useless because I was paralyzed when she was screaming. I, could, I couldn't even speak, man. I was trying to ask her what was wrong. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like I couldn't speak, bro. And so finally I got the words out, like, what's wrong? And it was real like, man, I thought, man, it was just crazy. And I was turned the other way, like facing back to back to her. And she said, I, I woke up screaming because somebody lifted my shirt and put their hand on my back. Oh, bro. I got chills. Bro, we turned the lights on and we watched TV till daylight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tr- that's, listen, that's so I don't know crazy. if I believe in ghosts, but there's some crazy junk in that house. God, yeah. God bless a dude yeah. that's living there now.
0: Whew. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Yeah, I, I know that fear, though. One time I was back home from college staying with my parents and I took the dogs out. It was like midnight or something. And I look over and there's four, four people staring at me, like looking over my fence. What? And I'm like, what do you want? Who sent you? You know, like really like frozen in fear. And, uh, after a few seconds, they moved, and it was a bunch of raccoons. Oh, bro! Yeah, <laughs> all I saw Damn. was eyeballs, man. that it, is scary. It was, yeah. It they was, might
1: as well be ghosts. Some jokers are mean, man. Yeah, but yeah, not. My, as scary.
0: My father-in-law is a veterinarian. He says, "Do not go near them, especially in Florida, because yeah. they likely have rabies."
1: For sure, them jokers act act a fool in Florida. I know that.
0: What about aliens?
1: Man, straight up. Um, Little Doogie Howser you had on here a little while back? Archer? <laughs> yeah. That kid, shout out shout, to Archer. Shout out to Archer, man. That Joker is smart. Whatever he says is what I believe. He said words okay. I don't even know what they mean, but I just trust him. So whatever Archer says, <laughs> just I believe that, bro.
0: That's what yeah. I believe. Man, it's crazy having a kid in your class where you're like, I, he is a hundred times smarter than me. Oh, wow. Um, so I've started to help him. Like I was telling him, I said, Archer, all these people here, they're going to work for you one day. Ah, Yes. yes. And so, because he, he doesn't get along with people a lot. And, he, you know, he does a bunch of a stuff to like cut them down, which some of it's very funny. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm teaching him. I'm like, yeah. I, you can do all these equations. I know that so yeah, yeah. I kind of hit him at that heart level that's good, is, is where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's just, it's fascinating to be around him and what he shares
1: nah, for sure, awesome, man. That's good. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure you're leading him well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, what are you proudest of in your life?
1: Oh, gosh, our friendship. Yeah, our friendship. I'm so <laughs> glad that we have reconnected. I mean, for real, I think it's awesome. I wish we would have hung more in college, but It, I too. it is what it is. Yeah. So we can uh we can make you a can Hang now. That's right, man. That's right. You know, I became super tight with Trip. Um, weren't you in Trip? Brulecce? Oh, you did. Yeah, we became super close, man. Um,
0: were y'all around the same church or?
1: No, not really, man. I think we reconnected at one of the conventions, uh, the state conventions, and then we just became tight. Matter of fact, the, the year that he was killed, man, um, he had just left our church. He had preached a revival for us and, um, just a couple of weeks out of that. And then we had reconnected at the state convention after that. Mm -hmm. And so our folks had gotten to know him really well and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy because we didn't really hang out in college either. But we had we had gotten to be real tight. So I, yeah. I knew I knew you were close to him as well. Um, I I spoke at his funeral, and that was just a crazy.
0: I remember that. I said, yeah, man. Yeah.
1: Um. What am I proud of? So, man, I, I think the easy answer here is my wife is amazing. She truly is just a gift. Um. Man, God has been so gracious in allowing me to marry her. She's a, she's awesome. And then the three kids that we have. Uh, what what a gift. Uh, we've had a few miscarriages along the way and just knowing that God has so, so blessed us, man, with the kids that sure. we have um, grateful for that. One thing I would say is, man, I, I, uh, none of my family's ever been to college, never even thought about college. Um, like I said, just kind of the family dynamic that we grew up in. And, and I want to be careful not to, not to, to, you know, dump on them at all. I think I sure. think they're super loving people, but that was just not a part of our DNA, not who we were. College was never a thought. Um, but Again, God's grace, man. I got a baseball scholarship, and that's what got me to even like go to college. So I went to North Florida in Madison and uh, played ball there. And it was from there that I was led to go to BCF. And uh, man showed up on campus. No joke. Had no idea what a credit hour was. I did not know what it meant. Me neither. Bro. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yep. my, my, Same thing. bro. My coach was my academic advisor, and he's like, "I signed you up for eighteen hours." I was like that's cool, man. I don't know what that means. I said, but everybody else got 12. So what's up? He's like, that's well, a lot. <laughs> he's like, I, I, I looked at your college transcripts and you need 12 to be eligible to play. And so he, he took, I, I took ceramics one and ceramics two. I, I made part. Uh, so I, I say all that to say, man, just as a lost kid stepping foot on campus for the first time and knowing that God would allow me to, you know, finish my bachelor's degree, get a couple of graduate degrees and eventually a doctorate. And, um, and just to, to even think through that, I'm just proud that the Lord saw fit to to do that. And it's just evidence. I said this to you earlier before we got on, like, man, that fence is low enough for anybody to jump over. You just got to be willing to keep grinding, sure. keep going, you know? So, yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. just thankful for I, that.
0: Yeah, that's a lot, man. That's a lot to be proud of, for sure. Thanks for sharing that with us. Next question, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self. What would you tell him or her? It's a him in this situation. It's a him right now. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: uh, well, this correlates a little bit with the last one. So one of the things I do is kind of weird when, when our family goes on trips, uh, different places that we stop at college campuses to go to the bathroom and I walk my kids around and it sounds super weird. I know, but I'm trying to normalize that environment because I felt so out of place, man, just in, Mm. in life uh dealt with anxiety and all kinds of things um when i when i was like man middle school my mom was beaten and robbed and it almost took her life and um just all these like intrusive thoughts that i've had about the bad of life and never really saw much hope um and so at 18 i was still very much wrestling i've been a christian about a year at that time but i was very much wrestling with you know who am i am i enough do i belong all these things and i would just go back and man just really just minister to myself in the sense of man in Christ, you are enough. You do belong. There's a purpose for your life and, uh, and you matter, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would just try to relax myself a little bit. Cause I think I dealt with so much angst then mm-hmm. that hasn't completely gone away, by the way. I mean, I still wrestle with some of those things, Right. but I've certainly grown. And, um, and so I would do that. I'd also tell myself to enjoy my hair, man. I had some good hair, in it really? you know, I mean, it was, I
0: remember, I, I remember you had hair.
1: It was good, bro. It wasn't just oh. hair. It was good hair. And I ain't got, I ain't got none of it. <laughs> So, yeah.
0: I looked into uh, getting like a transplant or whatever a couple of times just for fun. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I can't do that. And I like sewing all in your head and stuff.
1: Yeah, i like, trying to do that.
0: Yeah. Nah, me neither. Even though you? my kids say I look like I'm a prisoner, like because yeah. you're bald head and you're <laughs> Ain't, ain't
1: <laughs> okay. nothing wrong with that, man. Look like you've been down the road. That's a good thing yeah.
0: sometimes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was, um, man. It wasn't until uh, about till I, when I was 37, when I started to understand myself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of that was, you know, becoming a drug addict and starting to overcome that and to study why I do the things I do and getting mm-hmm. into counseling and, and stuff. But I look back, I'm like, man, my whole life, I was just living in fear of so many things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't do a lot of things because of fear. Yeah. You know, I didn't, yeah, there's just so much I could have done done. So much I I missed, I believe. Yeah. If I would have had, you know, the ability at 18 to see a counselor and, and to work all that out. So yeah. I, I don't sit here and like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I regret this or whatever. It is what it is. You know, I'm here and um God's been good. That's God's awesome. been good to me even when I have not been good to him. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome, and, man. Uh, Yeah. So I can relate to that yeah. as well.
1: I like the way you said that, man, because I, I agree with fear, just taking so much from you, you know, and holding you back. And I definitely have lived in that and, and still wrestle with it. But one of my favorite verses, second Timothy one, seven, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. And I quote that to myself a lot, man, because it, you know, it, it's taken a lot. It's robbed me of a lot, you know, and Yeah, I, sure. I, I don't want to continue down that path. Cause you know, this question is so helpful. And you know, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Because what it does is it forces us to look at ourselves at forty, right? Like mm. like if you were sixty, what would you say? Well, man, maybe there's some things I can learn today that I don't I don't have to learn later on. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I have people in my family who much older than me have never come to that understanding, you know. So I'm thankful relative young age of forty. Thirty-seven started to learn that, so yeah, uh, so Still, like you said, still struggle, man. I Have good days, not bad days. So, yeah, bro. But, All right, we are going through these, man. What we'll keeps you up at night, Zeb?
1: Bro, heartburn, for real. You ever ate pizza late tonight? night? <laughs> I get heartburn? That,
0: that ghost touching your wife keeps that, you up at night. I, I would. Yeah. I don't even want to suspect. think about
1: that. I'll probably be up tonight just because I talked about it. Um,
0: <laughs> that was a good one,
1: dude. It's crazy. So so yeah, what keeps me up, man? Um I, I think a lot about this. And again, this is just this just comes with with growing, right? And I feel like this is the work that the Lord has done in me. I, I want to I want to win each day. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. want to feel like I've wasted the day in a sense of I've been so introspective that I've I have i have lost I've lost out on on so many things or missed out on so many things because Uh, of fear or because of anxiety or whatever pressures may be before you. So winning the day for me looks like just walking in joy, walking in freedom. When my kids like my, my my kids like do different things. When my son wants to throw the baseball, winning the day is me not being so consumed by everything else that I go out and throw the ball with them. Uh, My middle daughter likes to dance, man. So like, she wants to dance with me. She wants to turn on the, the, the music and man, I'm winning the day when I stop everything I'm doing and I dance with her. My, my baby girl wants to play Barbies. So when I lay on the floor and I'm, Playing Barbies in the Barbie voice, you know, like for mm-hmm. however long she wants me to, um, I'm winning the day there. And so for for me, it keeps me up at night when I feel like I haven't done a good job at those things. You don't have so much time, and man, I want to make sure I'm maximizing that time and that I'm taking my eyes off of myself. And this really, in a strange way, really does help with anxiety when I'm taking my eyes off of myself and looking to add value to someone else. And um, when I feel like I do that, I rest pretty well, man. But when I, when I don't I have a tendency of kind of staying up and it bothering me, you know, so it keeps me up.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's really good. The, I I forget how you worded it, but helping other people to understand their value. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what we went through with that anxiety and just things in our family, I feel like that really opens us up to help others that are in it now. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do at school. I, I don't just, you know, mentor the kids, but I uh, connect with the families that's great. And, and get, and get to know everybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah,
1: I love that. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I'm a, uh, I'm excited for the new school year to start.
1: Yeah, dude, you're going to crush it. I know you will.
0: Yeah. yeah but that's great. I, it's, it's crazy to me, the amount of people who, have low self esteem, self worth. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them, yeah. and I mean, people tell me all the time, like, "Hey, man, I just want to thank you for doing this," or "This was great." And nice. like, I got to start believing those people when they say that. Yeah, 100%. In- inside I'm like, they're just trying to be nice to me, you know, um, that thing that keeps holding me down yeah. over and over again. So,
1: well, you know, but, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. So you know, what's interesting about that is I think about the reality of bitterness, right? So we know that bitterness contaminates everything. It spills over into everything. So we can't isolate bitterness. If we have bitterness in our heart, I can't compartmentalize that. It's going to naturally overflow into literally every relationship that I have. And I'm going to have expectations that I may, may not even realize that I have on other people that stems from my bitterness. One yeah. of the things we don't think about, at least for me, I can speak for me, is um, it's, I, it's easy for me to see bitterness with other people. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's easy. Somebody has done something to you, taken something from you, said something about you. It's easy to see how bitterness like can well up there. It's right. also even reasonable, I think, for us to see how we can sometimes become bitter with God. You know, like I've seen some things in my own life. I've seen some some things in the life of my my friends, uh, people that I pastor. Where I was like, God, what are you like? What are you doing? I'm really confused mm-hmm. by this. And you can almost get this level of bitterness that wells up within you. I can even reasonably see that, but there, there are oftentimes, at least for me that I don't even give a thought to the bitterness that I have towards myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the decisions we made, I mean, welcome to humanity. You said earlier, and there's a lot of daily dirt that we get on our feet, right? Like even though judicially we know that we are forgiven and we are secure in Christ, we have a lot of daily dirt that we accumulate and God is faithful and just to forgive us of that and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But sometimes we can become super bitter at ourselves. We're like, man, why did I make that decision? I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, whatever. You fill in the the blank there. Um, And we talk negatively about ourselves. And I I think, man, one of the things God's teaching me is I need to do a better job at being less self-deprecating and more forgiving of myself because if God has forgiven me and set me free, man, break those chains loose and walk in that freedom and in that joy, because the anecdote to to freedom, right. Is that forgiveness? Like that's the key that unlocks the doors to all those things. And that forgiveness Mm -hmm. has to, has to be applied to yourself too. So it's important.
0: He's preaching y'all. Come on somebody. Come on. Yeah. That's good stuff. It's interesting to me. And I know it's just because people haven't read the Bible and things like that, but you know, like people like your wife. And I think I used to say that too, like God couldn't use somebody like me um, the things I've done. Uh, Matt Chandler always says, "People come up to me and say, well, if you knew what I did, mm. then you'd know that God doesn't want me.'" Like, dude, you're minor league. That's what he always <laughs> says. <laughs> like, yes. you're not, you're not even in the major. Yeah. You know? Like, I can You think about God calling Paul, you know, who was out killing the church, killing yeah. Christians to turn around and spread His message. You know. Yeah. And that's what I. That's what I love about the New Testament is you see a bunch of people who don't have it together. Yes. And the power of God is still flowing through them. Yes. So I think for me, for the longest, I thought as a pastor, even as you know, church member, I need to reach the point of as close as I can get to perfect. And then God will love me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's weird because I can say that I know that's not true and I know that's not right, but that's what I did for the longest time. Mm. Instead of, you know, embracing grace and embracing love because I was kind of like, why are we doing this? Mm. Why would anybody want to know this story? Because I was in, you know, I felt a prisoner, right? BCF. I felt I was the only one with a lot of struggles because people didn't talk about it a lot. That's good. Um, And I remember a pastor got up one time and he he just basically broke down the gospel, and he said, "You know, I am the worst sinner I know, mm. um, but, but God loves me still." Yeah, and I remember crying because I was like, "Me too. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's me." Too. You know, and I think once you let go of those ideas and you begin to just, just be, yeah, and embrace that grace and that love mm-hmm. from God. That's when you truly start to to change. I think, mm. um, you know, my story is weird. Got addicted to drugs, you know, doing prescription drugs. Uh, as a pastor, didn't go back to a pastor uh, after I got back from rehab. Um, and yeah, so for the you know past whatever years, I've just been going in and out of that. Yeah, and it's hard for me to believe in God at times. Mm-hmm. I'm much much better today than I was, but yeah. for long, I, I started telling people I was an atheist for a while.
1: Wow.
0: And, um, but what I had to do is just really sit down and look at Jesus. Cause that was the thing I was like, I don't, there's a lot in the Bible that I do not get right. Like stoning little babies and things like that. I get what the theological answer is, but I still don't like, like God commanding that. Right. Um, and so, but I, I knew I liked Jesus because he kind of did what you said right he showed people their worth yeah he went to the lowest of society mm-hmm. people going to the well when nobody else would be there so they wouldn't be ridiculed right he went and met those people and so i love that the the gospel mm. i love mm. that story yeah um yeah so you know i think i think i'm in a good place now yeah where I'm finally resting in God's grace again. I never was mad at God. I never was mad at him that this happened. I knew it was all my doing, right um, and some of it was as a prescription drug. I didn't know what was going on, right it took me two years to even say that I was an addict mm. and I, I, I struggle with substances. so but I feel like i'm I'm coming out on the other end. and one of the cool things is going to like these twelve twelve step Meetings.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I've been in church for a long time, part of some great churches, one near you, Vintage 21. I think they're just Vintage Church now. Okay. Um, but that was the first time I, I felt I really, I really experienced the church. Yeah. You know, and because it's all based on come with your garbage. Tell us about it. Nobody here is going to judge you. We're not going to try to correct you on your theology when you start talking about God in ways that we don't agree with. Mm, mm. And it was just beautiful to take all those things out of the mix. Mm. And just the mix of, I know you experienced this when I was a pastor, you know, I just felt people are, are awkward around pastors, right? Facts. Facts. Um and I, I got most of the, my friends today are people from my church. So not everybody, but but some of them are, and they don't feel like they can open up and, mm-hmm. and share things. And so I, just experiencing that was an amazing thing. And so when I think about becoming a pastor again, which you're going to give me a job pretty soon. Let's go. Right? Let's okay. Go. Um, you know, those are the things that excites me, and that's what should excite me, the gospel, right? Yes, So, 100%. Yeah.
1: You must've heard of our interpretive dance uh, opening that we have pastor interpretive dance pastor. We've got an (laughs) opening there. So yeah, I feel like you feel super well. (laughs) No, Hey, real talk. Thank you for sharing that, man. I I really didn't know all the depths of that. And, and I appreciate you feeling uh, open enough with me to, to share that. And obviously to everybody that's going to be listening uh, to this. And I find it really fascinating to look at your story, look at my story, everyone else's redemption story and know that it's still being written right? So we we live in a fallen world. Welcome to humanity. Human inertia takes over. We're going to contend with sin the rest of our days on this side of heaven. But I look at the Saul, Paul example, right? Saul Mm -hmm. being his name before he gets converted and his name is changed to Paul, but he was both really good and really bad. Like Mm -hmm. really good in the sense of, you know, this pharisaical mindset. I have to do everything just right. That's why I'm mad at you all claiming that Jesus is the Messiah. That's why I'm persecuting the church. Cause we're trying to do everything the exact right way. So he was trying to be right and to be good. But the other side of that same coin just coin. Just, just in, in inverse that for a moment. We also see that he was the one that held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, who was a father of Jesus
0: mm-hmm. to death.
1: And he was on his way on the road to Damascus to do more of that, to persecute the church. So he represents both the worst of the worst and those that are just trying to be really good in church. But what was missing? The same thing was missing in both of those situations. And that was that personal relationship with Christ, like knowing him and having right. him transform our lives. So whether you've grown up in church your entire life, you know, just culturally, that doesn't make you a follower of Jesus or whether you've done the worst and you say, God can never love someone like me. Um, man, there's hope for both, both of those, right? The The point is we must surrender and have our yes on the table and say, God, I'm I'm here. I'm willing to give it all. Less of yeah. us, John. Three thirty is more of him. So yeah, I love your story, man. Because I think that's a daily thing. Like we wake up every day and we have to die to ourselves every stinking day. Sometimes it's minute by minute. You know. Yeah. It's just a reality of. It's part of our sanctification. It's just a reality of our process.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's good stuff. Got my mind going now. Let me ask you a few more questions, and then we'll go to our topic of the week. Yes, sir. All right. What is your favorite thing about your career?
1: Oh, what a good question, man! Um,
0: Thank you. I just looked it up.
1: No, I like it. I like <laughs> it. So I, I will say this, and I, I know exactly what you mean, um, and I know you're you're going to know exactly what what I'm saying here. But I, I really don't view this as a career. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I when I met with a search committee, man, I, I don't even ask what the salary is. Like I don't want any of that to drive me. I don't want it to persuade me. I don't want it to dissuade me. Um, it's just not something that, that I try to use as a, a lens, um, for me when it comes to the church. Cause I think that's where I get so frustrated with the church is when it's, um, viewed as a business. And I understand there are business things that we must do with excellence. We want to be above reproach and accountable and all the things, but, um, I really don't see it as a career. I think it's a, it's a calling that God has placed me in. And one day I'll tell you the story of how I even became a pastor. I was not looking for it at all at all. Um, God just opened a door and it's a crazy story how I began pastoring that first church that was established in 1831, where the maybe ghosts, whatever they were, uh, so impacted our family, <laughs> but all over. Yeah, yeah, whatever those spirits were, who knows. But, um, but yeah, I wasn't even looking for it, man. And, and I look back and now it's been almost 18 years and I've been serving as a lead pastor. Um, but to answer your question, what's my favorite thing? I really, I really enjoy um just doing life with people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask a question a lot to your guests about are you introvert, extrovert, whatever. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. It's an easy one for me. Um, yeah. I can be around people. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy because I know I'm a pastor and I preach and whatever, but I, I uh I do get life around people. I I enjoy uh conversing with people. It just it takes a lot out of me. I need yeah. I need some isolation to uh to recoup. But I love doing life with our people, just walking through life with them. Like Before I got on here with you today, I was with Miss Rachel, and she is um, 96 years old. She just got some bad health news, which she's 96 years old, right? And, uh, man, just sitting down with her and hearing her life story. She she was married for 51 years before her husband died. She has 12 siblings, 12 siblings, all born at home, Uh, just hanging out with Miss Rachel, man. That was awesome. I mean, the preaching stuff is what it is. You know, I'm not a really great communicator. Um, oh, get out of here. I mean, that's, I'm not even trying to be humble, man. There's far better communicators than me, but uh, that is what it is. I'm always super nervous when I do it. God uses it. There's a lot of, you know, rewarding feelings that you get from being able to do that. But I would say the best thing, man, is just getting to know the people, doing life with them. You you get to meet some really cool people along the way who love Jesus yeah. and you learn so much from them. Right so yeah, much that's great
0: me. yeah i don't want to go too far into this because i know we're going to talk about it but i think one of the things that kind of rocked me was experiencing the church at, in a corporate sense mm. right mm. um and i i experienced that i experienced that side of things and that kind of is is what turns me off you know when, when we do that mm. and uh so, yeah, that kind of harmed me for a while, just I can see that. seeing that because it was never that for me. Right. It's like I said, most of the people who are my friends are people from our church. Like we still stay in contact with them and mm-hmm. love them. And um, that's what it was about for me, too. Just like you said, yeah. the people. Yeah.
1: And you, you, sometimes you have to fight for that because you can shift, you know, depending on who you're around. So you have to fight, especially in the lead role. Right. As you know, you have to fight to make sure that you stay on the right path. Right. What is your why? You know, what is your yeah. motive? All those kind of things you, you got to make. sure you, you got to check that often. You know, at least I do. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. yeah. That was the thing They, my elders, all my friends here, um, they noticed that I stopped showing up to meetings. Mm. I stopped meeting with people. And that was kind of the first sign. Like, what's up with you? Something's wrong, you know, because yeah. you like to be around people. And I'm like you, I think you, you might be an ambivert. You might want to research that. It's kind of, you're in the middle. You oh, can both be an yeah. extrovert, yeah. but it takes so much out of you that you go back into the introvert realm. I, I can definitely relate to that for sure.
1: Ambivert. Oh, Learn a new word. Ambivert. That's What's me, up, y'all?
0: Get tattooed on your arm. I'm thinking you have my Next name and I'm ambivert. <laughs> Fester. Where's Fester these days? you
1: know? <laughs> oh, Fester, Fester died of a drug overdose. No joke.
0: Oh man. Sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
1: right, what makes you angry, Zeb? Oh, my god! You like not
0: even-kill kind of guy, but there's yeah. something
1: that... I don't get angry too often. I mean, truly, I don't get angry too often. Um, man, if you mess with my kids or my sure wife, it. I mean, that's just kind of the natural answer. But as a pastor, man, you know, you meet some crazy people, like some awesome people. You meet some crazy people, and they take liberties with you just because you're the pastor. So they feel like they can say certain things to you, whatever. Right. Um, I'm cool. I can handle that. I'm cool with that. I can handle myself. No worries. But... This has happened on very, 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 very few occasions. But if there's ever something that's said about my wife in the negative sense or my, my kids, mm-hmm. I just something just, you know, clicks and it's it's, you know, I get angry over that man. And so I have to really fight to make sure I don't react in that anger um in a negative sense. It's not a sin to be angry, it's a sin to, you know, act out on that anger in a negative manner. Right. So I, uh, I have to really catch myself, man, so I can handle all that with grace. But, yeah, those are the things. And there's a lot of righteous anger things. Like, I, I, man, I worked with the homeless in Nashville this summer. We have a partner church there. And, um, man, I just – there's something that really bothers me, man, when when people pass by those folks. And I know – I understand that there's, you know, manipulation, all the things that, that happen anytime you're dealing with drug addicts or, you know, whatever, you're going to face sure. some of that. I mean, I grew up in that environment, so I, I understand that. I understand yeah. what it feels like to have family rob you. Um, take from you, manipulate you just to to get the drugs away. I get, I get that. But whenever we start treating those people, like they're worthless, like they're meaningless. um, There's something that wells up in me in that same with like orphans, right? Like I I think about those that go to sleep tonight hungry. They don't have a daddy to kiss them um, or mama to kiss them goodnight and tell them they love them. But I could get emotional just thinking about that. Um, There's, there's a level of like righteous anger of like, God, like, what can we do like how how can we how can we help in that in that area um so anyway yeah so those those are a few things
0: yeah you know that's what jesus said was pure religion right yeah James 1:27. The widows yeah. orphans yeah so a lot of people against christianity i'm like man if you knew who, who jesus was and kind of the life he lived then you would understand, you know, I know Christianity has been misrepresented so much by so many people, myself included. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get down to what it actually means, but I love that your church and I know other churches are really getting to the gospel. Yeah. So one of the things I, when I would go up and preach, I never wanted to be the hero of the story. Yes. And so I would always confess sin Mm -hmm. and, Point to Jesus's grace in that. That's good. And that is, I, I found that that is what people want. We think people want it, uh, to see us as you know perfect, and we have our lives together, I need to look up to this guy. But when you can do that, then other people begin to confess as well.
1: Freeze them up, man. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So the biggest yeah. compliment that I get, I think, I think you're very, very similar the biggest compliment I get in the way that I communicate is I try to be really um, transparent. Right. Uh, I I try to be open and honest. Not that I always do that perfectly, but I try to really just wear my heart whenever I preach. There's times I'll sit down on the stage and have a, have a talk with our people about Mm. something that I've, I've like, I've messed up on, Hey, there's, you know, very few examples of how I've gotten it right. And maybe I'll share those some, but I got a whole bunch of how I've gotten it wrong. And to be able just to sit down and talk with them, and when you have people that come up to you afterwards and say just in tears that, and that really resonated with me, just your, your vulnerability, your willingness to um, just to be truthful instead of just trying to posture yourself in a certain light, your willingness, knowing that this is going to be on all the online things and it'll be captured forever more. Your willingness to share has, cha- has impacted me. It's changed, it's changed something in me. Um, that's the, something powerful about that, man. I think that's yeah. how the Lord wants us to
0: be. Absolutely, man. I, I preached in this uh, First Baptist Church one time and you know, just gave the gospel and showed how Jesus is the hero of our story and the story. And afterwards, this 78-year-old man comes marching down the aisle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, dang, he's about to fight me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, he came up and shook my hand. And he said, I've been in the church all my life, and I've never heard that.
1: Let's go! Wow, that's sad though. Isn't
0: that crazy? Never heard the gospel.
1: Well, I'm glad he got it that day, but it is, it is sad. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Well, we've kind of gotten into this, but we'll end it with "Who is God to you?"
1: Who is God to me? I love how you phrase that question. Makes it really personal. I'll say two really quick things. One, hope. You know, mm-hmm. when I was in a place where I just felt like I was, I was uh, without hope. You know, just. Really wallowing in my guilt, my shame, feeling like I didn't matter. Um I, I didn't see past my environment. Uh just hopeless. And someone right. someone shared the truth with me, man. And and for the first time, you know, God opened my eyes. And so it was through hearing that my heart was opened and um I began to see that there is a lot of hope. I, I realized already, as one of the Puritans says, that I was a really great, great sinner, great at it, awesome. Yeah. Knocking it out of the park, but he's a greater savior. And I am mm. a sinner and yeah. that provide a lot of hope. The second thing is refuge. So we, we have all gone through difficult things. Maybe some of us right now are walking through a difficult thing or we're about to step into something that's hard. I mean, welcome again, welcome to humanity. That's just kind of what, mm-hmm. you know, what we're going to face. But what I found in Christ is stability. I found strength. I found a, a refuge, um, as the scriptures say, an ever present help in time of need. So thinking earlier, man, who am I that you're mindful of me, but at this point now, I can walk through whatever it is that's in front of me, knowing that there's a firm foundation under my feet and I love the illustration of the boy that was shipwrecked, and they looked for him all night long, man, they looked for him, looked for him, found him the next day, and he was he was on a rock, and he was trembling, he was trembling, he'd been there all night he was he was both scared and cold, and so when they when they stopped, they said they said, "Son, are you okay?" and he said he said, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm shaking. I've been trembling all night long, he said, but the rock didn't move. The rock did not oh. move. And, yeah. and I think that's a good representation of, you know, where, where my life is, man. There's a lot of times I'm, I'm shaking, man. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm tossed to and fro a little bit by the waves around me, but I have this rock that's firmly beneath me um, yeah. that, that grounds me. And, and so there's a refuge, there's a hiding place there. And yeah. great, grateful for that. So that, that's yeah. who God is to me, man.
0: Yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Oh that yeah, awesome. bro. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, man. Well, we got to know you really well.
1: <laughs> oh my bad, bro. I didn't took no, all no this time.
0: I, I love it. I knew it was going. I knew this was going to happen. I <laughs> split it into two episodes. <laughs> All right, that's part one with my friend Zeb. Next week, we'll come with part two. I uh, hope you're enjoying this episode. It was uh, one that was a big encouragement to me, and it continues to be, as you'll see next week as we hear more from Zeb. Um, again, if you could, go and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you could tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell your friend, tell your cousin, just tell somebody. we got some cool stuff coming up and the weeks ahead that we will be telling you more of and we're so excited that you are a part of this ride with us we will see you next week